Hey, I'm Steve Fallon. Thanks for listening. This time, let's find out what it's like being freelance for UX designer, Katrin Zeus. I think as a freelancer, it's important to also take the time and figure out who you want to work with, who your ideal client is. And also look at your, your skill set and how you can apply your skills in the most valuable way. Well, it's all about testing and iterating. Working with clients enables you a pool of feedback, which is great. It's about reinventing yourself and seeing new trends appearing and never stop learning. And it's an ongoing process. It never ends like a startup. Yes. Hello. Hope you are well. Uh, So here we are, uh, which, if you're listening to this as it goes out, is uh, two years since I started doing this podcast and so many awesome stories that, um, that have been shared and plenty more to come this third year as well, starting, as you just heard, with Katrin Zeus. She's based in Sydney and is a UX designer. Links about all of our guests, including Katrin, at beingfreelance.com. That's the website. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at beingfreelance. And if you... Oh, I know what I've got to mention. New development, yes. I have started a Being Freelance vlog as well. And this is different to the podcast in that it's not an interview. It actually is looking at... (laughs) It sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud. It is looking at my freelance week, basically. It's me doing what I do and uh, talking it through, which... I don't know whether I'm going to keep it up. Um, this is the fourth episode, which is out now. And yeah, I'm quite enjoying it. I tell you what, it's that whole thing of only when you find yourself doing that, do you start actually thinking about what it is that you do and then thinking through your decisions and what you're trying to do and what's going well and what's going bad. It's sad, especially because I don't, you know, working from home, I don't really talk to anybody. It's, it's um, oddly so far, it's been quite nice, like thinking through what the hell I do on a daily basis. So anyway, go on. If, 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 you, if you want to take a look, it is a weekly vlog that I shoot on a daily basis and then edit it all together. So it's only about five minutes long and you can find it on YouTube. Uh, go to youtube.com slash Steve Folland, F-O-L-L-A-N-D. That's me. Uh, there's links, of course, if you find me on Twitter or at being freelance or at S Folland on Twitter. I post links there as well. Anyway, I'd be interested to hear what you think. And for that matter, if you're doing something similar, I'd love to see what you're up to as well. So that's the being freelance vlog. No interview, just seeing what I get up to, which includes, of course, recording this podcast. And right now we're going to go to Sydney and talk to this week's guest, which is freelance UX designer, Katrin Zeus. Hey, Katrin. Hi, how are you? I am good. Thanks for doing this. So you're in Sydney, but you're from Germany, right? Yes, that's correct. Cool. So how long have you been in Sydney? So I've kind of been traveling around all the time. So um, I moved back to Sydney last year in January. Before that, I was actually living in London for two years. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Well, let's find out then how you've ended up doing that and for that matter, ended up sort of being freelanced. Tell us your story. Okay, where do I start? Where do I start? Um, So I guess it all started being freelance. I kind of, I never um, woke up one morning and thought, oh, today I'm going to be a freelancer. Um, I kind of... um, 
cut slowly slowly led into that type of lifestyle um it started pretty much when i was going um, to university um so i studied um design web design at university and then specialized in ux and visual design and um yeah i started pretty much with side projects, um, working with clients on websites. And then one thing led to another. And yeah, I ended up being a freelancer. So basically, you, you were doing freelance projects while still studying? Yes. So that's pretty much how it started. Yeah. Yes. So how did you find those first clients? Well, I guess, um, I guess especially um, as a designer, you, you have to build your portfolio. So um, during university, I started working. So I had a, I have a lot of um, musician friends. So I built them websites, for example. Everyone needed a website back then. And um, so I kind of started off that way. And then um, word of mouth, really. So um, I think it all started with building a network for me. Okay, so after university, what happens next? Well, um, so I did my bachelor in Cologne, and then I actually went to the UK to do my master. So during my master, I started actually working on um, my first startup myself, um, which was a big learning project. Um, and then I came back and um, to Cologne and started working for a for for my first startup, which was in the um, e-learning um, sector. And that's pretty much how it started. So I never, I did try the whole thing of being employed. Um, that never lasted for very long um, because <laughs> I just couldn't fit into the, I just didn't like the whole thing of going going to work from nine to five and there was no flexibility. And yeah, freelance suits me much better even though you kind of end up working much more but it's you, you have the ability to pick your own clients and um you have the ability if you need to run an errand or if you have something to do you can push your your work hours around which is really good mm. so just just to put uh, things in perspective when when are we talking like when were you in london for your masters for example what year was that um so that was actually in leicester um gosh that was in 2008 so quite a while then yeah yeah i think uh, sorry i think i started probably around 12 years ago so um working on side projects as well so i kind of started oh, i don't even know it's been so long 2004 or something like that and when you were getting in with the startup in London and in Cologne, how did you get in with them? So the one uh, in, in the UK, I actually started myself um, because I was just so fascinated of being able to, to build, um, you know, build, build software myself now. Um, so I kind of just got went for it. Um, so, the, so the paid first um, freelance project for a startup was in Cologne. Um, and I think he, back then, he found me on LinkedIn, actually. When you say you started your own startup, yeah. what was it? Oh, my. So it was a user-generated music magazine. Cool. It was pretty cool. I had a like button before Facebook did, so <laughs> I see that one as my invention. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, it was pretty cool. But um, yeah, I did lots of, it was a big learning curve for me. Um, I knew how to build tech, but I didn't know how to run a startup. So yeah, I was going to say, I mean, what did you take from that? And, and how did that translate into not being a startup, but being a freelance business? Yeah. What did you take from that? 
what did I take from building my first? So it, it actually, by the way, it didn't end. I didn't end up just doing that one startup. So I actually did a few more. And I think um, with um, freelance, it gives the flexibility that you can actually work on client projects, but you can also still um, put in some time for for your own little projects. And I think that's why I like freelance so much is um, you can just constantly create new things and. Um, do paid work, but also do things that you're very passionate about. Yeah. So it sounds like you've got quite an entrepreneurial spirit about you as well. Yeah, I do. I do. It's good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the good? Well, I guess, what's the good? Well, I guess the good part of it is life is always exciting. Um, there are lots of adventures. Um, the bad part would be that sometimes you can end up in situations where you're not paid very well because you're truly in the spirit of wanting to build something and um, you put all your time and effort and your money into it. Yeah. I mean, that's quite a difference, though, like from running your own business as a freelancer, you're kind of like selling your own skills and experience to creating, you know, as an entrepreneur, a product, creating yeah, a, yeah. a service. What You know, it's a different... I don't know, a different mindset, I guess. I don't know. Well, I guess because my background is, you know, is design and it's UX design. And it kind of goes hand in hand um, because I'm building products and you have to do market research and user testing and validating ideas for clients mm. as well. So I pretty much do the same thing for clients. So I have clients coming to me, for example, they have a, a startup idea. So they want to build a product, but they haven't done any any validation yet. So um, they've done some um, initial research, but they haven't done any, any proper user research, interviews, anything like that. So it's pretty much the same thing, really. Yeah, I suppose it is, actually, specifically for what you do. Yeah. So how did your career evolve from there then? I think at the moment we're in Cologne and you're, you've just finished with another startup, for example. Hmm. I then, uh, what happened? I guess I was working on little projects, but no, no major um, startups at that time. And then I went to um, San Francisco for three, three months in the beginning of 2009 and um, I always felt I didn't really want to just live in one place or want to live in Germany. So I always had this adventure spirit. Um, and from there, I moved to Sydney. And it wasn't planned. It was basically me meeting a few people, a few Australians, and everyone told me I should uh, check out Sydney. And that's what I did. And then I stayed in Sydney for five years. So when you packed your bags and went to San Francisco, was that because you had something in mind there or did you just think, I'll figure it out when I get there? Um, I kind of had something in mind. But um, so basically what happened was at that stage, um, before I went to San Francisco, I was working full time on my own startup um, for half a year and I was pretty much burned out and I did all the mistakes that you can possibly do, um, put all your money in. I didn't do proper proper research at that time and just build something and hope that people just just find it and you know you grow you grow your user base by just being online um so so i I kind of at that stage i was a little frustrated and thought okay san francisco is the answer there are lots of tech companies and um it's the mecca for for design as well so um yeah i kind of had the idea i'm just gonna 
I'm just going to go with the flow and see what's going to happen. Um, but timing-wise, it wasn't very good in 2009, the beginning, um, economically. So it was hard to make con um, business connections at that stage. So um, I decided um, after a few weeks um, that I'm just going to see it as a holiday now. And um, yeah, just had a good time and had a little break. From all the craziness. Nice. And then end up in Sydney. And then so, I moved to Sydney, yeah. So when you end up in Sydney, how do you go? Uh, you know, I'm just wondering, like, for, for those of us who maybe haven't moved about with their work, yeah. but kind of like the idea, like, what would your process be like when you've landed in Sydney of going about re-kickstarting <laughs> your life, but more importantly, your career? Um, I guess... Um, that was like seven years ago. So I think that was slightly different to how it would be today. So um, seven years ago, it was it was more local business. So yes, you're right. So when you go and move into a new country, you kind of had to, you have to start from scratch, um, which I had to do as well. So um, it started off with pretty much me just going on job job websites and looking for for any any work that's that's available. So in the beginning, I ended up um, I took I took a full time position until I built my network. Um, so I think that was maybe maybe a year or something. I had a full time position um, and basically went to meetups to get to know entrepreneurs and um, yeah, that's pretty much how it started in Sydney then I pretty much just got contract work in again through contacts and you said that you would feel it would be different if you were to do it now yes because now everything is online anyway so um, I can see a big shift um, me being back here for example in in Sydney I'm not working only with um, startups in Sydney I actually um, finished um, working on two big projects for startups uh, one in New York and one in um, Paris uh, in a few couple um, weeks like it doesn't matter anymore where you live everything's accessible through the internet now which is great so it gives me the opportunity to actually work with people from anywhere so, yeah. But then I guess that, so what for you works when it comes to marketing yourself yes. online? Yes. How did these people find you? They found me through different sources. So one was a LinkedIn contact and the other one was um, through Twitter. So the two clients, for example, that, um, that I worked with um, this year being overseas. So, um, yeah, they found me through through t Twitter is a really good one, actually. I, f I find in my industry, I'm using Twitter. So um, I guess an advice would be to really make sure that you build yourself an online presence and use social media like Twitter and LinkedIn to establish yourself as a thought leader. So that really, really helps. But when you say establish yourself as a thought leader, are you blogging? Are you sort of curating other people's content? What sort yes. of thing might you be doing? Yeah, so um, one of the things I'm doing is I'm, I'm running workshops for UX designers, but I'm also um, actually, um, I've been working on a, on a little book that I'm going to put, put out as well, which is about um, how you can validate your startup idea in 12 days. Cool, which is great because... Your, it seems to me like your target market is startup entrepreneurs. That's who you like to work with. Yes, um, I do. Sounds, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you have a real connection with them, like you really understand them having done it yourself. Yeah, yeah. 
So you're really marketing this at them? Well, I guess so. I think as a freelancer, um, it's important to also be to, to take the time and figure out who you want to work with, who your ideal client is, um, and also look at your, your skill set and how you can apply your skills in the most valuable way. Um, because my background is startups, and I had a few startups. I think um, working with startups for me um, doesn't only bring me the most joy, but it's also, I think, the most value that I can provide because it's not just strict UX design, for example. It's all sorts of different um, different um, experience that I can put on the table. So, um, yeah. Over the years, how, how has your website evolved? It's a very good question, actually, because um, one of the things is, as a, as a freelancer, you always work on, or for me, so this is what happened for me in the past all the time, is you end up working on so many client projects and there's never time to actually work on your own brand. So um, especially this year, I think I made I made a I made a pact with myself that I will put more time in to actually develop my own brand. Um, so it even happened that I did say no to client work in order for me to really focus on um, what I want to accomplish with my brand and what type of clients I want to um, I want to target and work with. And so yes, uh, my website is evolving, and I'm actually launched a new website which much more reflects the type of work that I've been doing for the past few years. Um, my previous website was very, um, very um, limited to one thing only, and that was um, UX design. And I think my messaging from the messaging was quite unclear um, who who I'm targeting. And now the website has evolved into it's educational. So um, it's it's it's. Um, Basically, I had a one pager before. With one pager, it was pretty much an online, online um, portfolio where you could view some client work and a little blurb about me. While the new website now has a lot of um, information about um, the type of work that I do, um, I focus on Lean UX. So there's a lot of stuff about um, what is Lean UX. Um, it gives, I think, a good idea of how you can build your startup. Um, I um, have a little book on there as well that you can download for free, which gives you, um, it's a 12-day guide to validate your startup idea. So it's a very uh, um, educational website, hopefully. <laughs> I'll see what I'll see what the feedback is, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's very different um, to what I had before. Although I think you downplay what you had before. Maybe in, in I do. It, Maybe I do. Because you know, you say it's a simple one page, but you you would talk about your process. You had portfolio type stuff on there, testimonials. You had links through to like all of the sort of different press type things you might have done so it gave it did give a albeit one page it was one long page with a lot on it yeah that's true that's true well okay so if you will see it like my my previous one was a cupcake and now i baked the cake (laughs) (laughs) but what i also like is the fact that you um that you did have lots of um pictures of yourself on there yes as in 
it felt that you could get to to know you and your thought processes as well. And like some of them were like, I'm serious, I'm working now type pictures. And some of them were like, oh, I'm, I can smile as well. I'm happy you would like to have me in your office. I know, of right? Fancy that. A smiley German. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I think especially if you're selling yourself, if you are the brand, it's important to to bring bring across who you are um, and now on the on on my new website I actually have videos um, of me explaining my work and um, the process that I go through when I when I um, work with clients so yeah I think it's very important um, and it's a big difference um, if I engage a big company as a client or if I engage a free, freelancer the person part of it I think plays a big role in my decision decision making when it comes to how you actually then work because it sounds like a lot of it is remote rather than or certainly now rather than going into people's offices and working face to face is that fair to say yeah yeah I work in my own office yeah I mean what kind of structure do you have in place for that especially if you're working with people in very different time zones um, so far it always worked out. So it, being German, I'm very structured. <laughs> um, I think, um, I don't, I have never really thought about it so far. It's always been good. Um, pretty much there's always, um, so if I work on a project, there is an agenda every week, um, that everyone knows who is involved in a project. And sometimes I work on, uh, with, with startups, they're not only located in, in, in one, in one city, they, they might be spread in different cities as well. So it's all about really communication and making sure that the entire team knows what's going on and being transparent and scheduling meetings that works for everyone normally um even you know if i work with a client in london or new york um i don't mind having a skype call in super early at 6 a.m or late at night um it works for me yeah that's cool Um, and how about when it comes to dealing with things like contracts or getting paid yes what would you like to know? <laughs> well, there's, there's a couple of things. Is that obviously it's it's remote, but also you've you're dealing with startups who um, their cash might disappear or whatever. So I presume there's a certain element of needing to protect yourself as well. Yeah. So um, so I guess um, one thing that I made sure was um, I do have I do have agreements that I got drafted by lawyers. Um, and so I think um, I know a lot of people um, put together their um, agreements um, and I did that in the past as well. You know, you, there, there are lots of agreements online that you can just download and um, um, make suitable for your needs. Um, but I work with a lawyer now to actually have some proper agreements in place. But another thing you can do is... Um, to take a deposit I always take a deposit before I um, commence work and then you can also um, depending on um, the timeline and how big the project is you can put a payment schedule into place so let's say you have x percent in the beginning as a deposit then once you hit a certain milestone there's another release of X amount, and then you have a final pay. So I normally work with two to three payments. Yeah, so you've not had any issues? Never, no. Luckily not, yeah. 
But it's, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, um, why did I not have any issues? Um, maybe that's, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I do know of, I, I have heard of it and I know it's, it's, it can be a problem. But I guess because in my industry as well, as a, as a UX designer, there is this whole thing of a handover. You give something to that person. So normally it's quite, straightforward that you know they pay in order to receive um because if they don't pay they're not going to get the final work um the startups that i've worked with never had the issue of running out of money i am selective with who i'm working with and i normally work with startups that have seed funding or they have funding um in the pipeline or they're making revenue already cool Now, there's a. I, I mentioned from your site about the press, you know, the kind of press element. Is that something that you've gone after, like as part of your marketing? Um, so with the, with the press, I guess um, most of the press came from um, startups that I've built, that I co-founded. I didn't really go after it. I think people just contacted me. So, um, and yeah, I think um, Sydney as well, um, it's quite a very, um, it's not a small community, but it's a, it's a very fast growing community. But um, back then, even like seven years ago, um, everyone kind of knew everyone. So it was very easy to build a good network and, um, Yeah, people just um, talked and um, th yeah. that's how you got exposure. And yeah, so I never went for it, um, but I will now, I think in the future, I think, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's part of really building your online presence is, is um, making sure that you, you um, get your word out and get exposure wherever you can and contribute. So contribute with a sharing experience and um yeah you you mentioned really early on about how like the nine to five doesn't suit you so it sounds like you've managed especially the fact that you've you're now based in beautiful sydney that so you've <laughs> you've kind of got the work-life balance pretty nailed well i think i'm still working on that part work-life balance um because i love what i do uh, i don't see my work as work so I think that's why I tend to end up working much more than nine to five, but it doesn't feel like work. So I think that's the big difference. Have you ever felt that you've been working too much? Mm. Personally, I don't think I've worked too much, but I know that friends would say, yes, she has for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, now I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself and for you to make two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lies. So what have you got for me? Fact one. I once had a TV crew um, at my place um, in Cologne in Germany and they decorated my room and I rapped in German on TV about building <laughs> furniture. <laughs> Fact two. Fact two. Um, my last name, and maybe you may have guessed it, my last name is Seuss. And Dr. Seuss happens to be related to me. And fact three. Fact three. 
Um, I think it was three or four years ago, I kissed an elephant on the beach in Phuket. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let me think. Kissed an elephant. Sounds like a Casey Perry B-side. Kissed an elephant. Uh, kissed an elephant. That's probably true. You like to travel. I'm going to go that's true. So TV crew, wrapped on TV. Were you rapping in German? Yes, about building furniture. Yep. What What was a good rhyme? Can you? It's obviously a long time ago. Can you remember a good rhyme? It was actually a few years ago. Um, gosh, uh, like eight years ago or something like that. Um, probably if I dig deep in my brain, I can find some lines. Doctor Zeus, you're related to Doctor Zeus. <laughs> okay, kissed an elephant is true. So did you rap on TV about building furniture in German? Dr. Z Okay, I I think given that you have a connection to startups, maybe one of them was involved in furniture and you agreed to have rapping on TV in German. Dr. I would love it if you were related to Dr. Zeus, but I don't think you Oh, so I'm going to say that's the lie. That's correct. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> but the brilliant thing is that means you really did appear on German TV rapping. Was it like a commercial? No. So, like a TV um, ad? No, it was um, – it basically was called – it was this TV show where um, – this this interior design crew comes comes to your place and they decorate your room or your house. And oh yeah! So basically, when I was uh, in in Cologne, I signed up because um, Cologne is quite is a media city, so a lot of um, TV shows. And um, one of the things to to pay my bills was just being an extra for a lot of stuff. So I ended up being on TV a lot. And one <laughs> one thing was. Uh, having my room decorated, which fell apart, by the way, like half a, half a year later, everything just fell apart. Um, <laughs> I always wondered that about yeah, those like, shows. Yeah, it really? looks great for, for a few weeks and then, you know, it just disappears. <laughs> Things just dissolve. Um, so, yes, I ended up singing and rapping on TV. So I actually do rap. So I used to rap in German, and that's why I rapped uh, in that show. Wow. Can you remember any of the building furniture rap? Oh, my God. I can't believe it wasn't a bigger hit. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It was amazing. I remember one word was in it, which was alles Kleber, which is glue. <laughs> Very long version for it. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. I was gonna say, I must, I, I would have thought that German was quite a hard language to rap in. It's definitely more challenging. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Go for it. That's what I would say. Short and sweet. I like that. Um, <laughs> I can give, I can give you, you more, but um, I guess one of the things is, yeah, I said go for it because I think a lot of times I was quite unsure if back in the days if it was the right choice for me. But um, because, you know, it, is, it can be quite stressful um, at certain stages in your life. Um, but now looking back, it's definitely suitable and everything always works out. 
what would you say have been the biggest challenges? What have been the biggest stresses? Mm, probably, probably actually work-life balance. Um, because even though I am, I'm very passionate about what I do. Um, and that has the danger that you're getting sucked into it so much that you kind of forget that there's a life outside of work. So that might be probably in the past has been my biggest challenge, I think. Do you feel like you've stopped wanting to start your own startup or is that still bubbling away? Oh, it's bubbling. <laughs> but um, working freelance is your own start. It can be your own startup as well, right? So. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's totally your own your own business and stuff. But there's there's still that that difference between selling yourself or um, selling, I don't know, a product. Yeah. Well, I am I am the product. <laughs> exactly. But so, so okay. So so what have you what have you taken from startup culture that you particularly then think of for your freelance career? Like if you are the product. And you are, you know, the the startup itself. Yeah. Well, it's all about testing and iterating. Client working with clients um, enables you a pool of feedback, which is great. So um, it's it's about reinventing yourself and seeing new new trends appearing, and um, never stop learning. And yeah, I think that's what it is. It's an ongoing process. It never ends, like a startup. Yeah, that's really nice, actually. I like that a lot. And do you ask for feedback or is it something that you, like when you come to an end of a project? Oh, always. Yeah, I think one of the things um, is I actually, um, I mean, I, um, as you mentioned before on my, on my website that I have testimonials, one of the things that I do is I do get testimonials from everyone. But um, not only at the end of the project, I constantly ask for feedback throughout the project to make sure that, not only the client is happy and that expectations are set right, but also to make sure that we are working in the most efficient and um, way together. And how would you ask for that? Simply in an email or is it more structured than that? Um, I think it it comes with um, when we have... So when I work with a client, we have regular meetings. So um, part of the meeting is always um, to ensure... If uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty much part of the process, really. What, as in to say, are you happy with how everything's going? Yeah, yeah. To get feedback on um, the process of where we're at, um, what they think could be done differently, um, or could be improved, what they would like to see, what um, yeah, all sorts of stuff. Cool, um, Catherine. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, and go check out beingfreelance.com. There is links through to what uh, Catherine is on Twitter or Instagram or uh, her website and all of that kind of stuff. What she's up to, basically. So you can go find her there. And uh, don't forget to hit subscribe to our newsletter. Hit subscribe so you can hear plenty more of these episodes as they come out each week. And yes, all the best being freelance. Thank you. Thank you.